it's nice to see your smiling faces once again. Thanks for being here. This is the Anhedonic Headphones Podcast. Welcome back to Season 8. It is the 8th season. This is the 4th episode of this uh, little run of shows. And this is the 47th episode overall since the show began. I'm Kevin Krein, a.k.a. Kevy Fly. Uh, and, you know, the illustriousness of the guests continues. My guest today is a writer from the Twin Cities, and she is also an aficionado of pop music. And she was kind enough to go to the Carly Rae Jepsen concert with me this summer and get me out of my seat at least once to dance to a song that she told me I had to get up and dance to. So, as you are able, please put your hands together for my guest today. Cody Raish. Well, first and foremost, I'm really appreciative that you were willing to take part in this. And before we start talking about the tunes and why you picked these songs, do you want to just give a, a little quick introduction to the folks listening in, in podcast land? About myself? Yes, please. Oh, okay. I was like, about the songs? Or <laughs> no, about no, about you as a oh. person. <laughs> okay. Well, hi, I'm Cody. Um, I really don't know what to say, um, about that. That's fine. Um, um so you, I mean, you, I have uh, a, I guess I have ahead. a blog. Yes, I was going to say, you are a writer, so. I'm a writer. I have a blog. Um, I sometimes write short essays. I mainly do nonfiction. I'm not really into the whole fiction world. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, it's I just easy. like to write about myself, which sounds yeah. really crazy, but <laughs> I mean, I only write what I know, so. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I know myself. At least I think I, I do. just know myself. I just know, I write about places that I go. So my blog is kind of just about like myself and kind of just Minnesota or traveling, I guess, in general. Um, are you from, are, like, are you from here originally? Oh, like the Minnesota like, area? Yeah, I'm like born and raised in Minnesota. Okay. Um, I was born in St. Paul. I grew up in Minneapolis. Um, I moved all over the place, though. So I lived like an hour out of the city once I went to middle school. Um, and then I moved back once I went to college. So Okay. <laughs> cool. Um, and so before we start talking about these, what kind of uh, what metrics did you use to pick these 10? Like, how did you get this list put together? And like, specific, and like I'm, we're going to do these in the order that you sent this to me in. Yeah. So what, how, like, was this just kind of like a what went together well in the ordering? Or oh, like... I guess I don't really know if the order is really good. I moved them around <laughs> a little bit, but I was okay. like, well, like, this is just going to have to be. Um, <laughs> I'm like an avid listener of the same three songs for like four months straight every time that I like a song I like play it until like I just don't want to listen to it anymore um and oftentimes I don't know the metrics for like what is my favorite song or my top 10 songs or anything like that and so I use statistics (laughs) um (laughs) I have a last fm account that I've had since I was like 17 and it's rec- it's been scrabbling since I was 17. <laughs> and so I know like what my favorite songs are on paper. Okay. Um, but then I, some of these songs aren't my favorite songs on paper. Like I just threw them in there because I knew for a fact like that they have like kind of an interesting story to them or they're like from a time in my life that like they're, when I look back at that time, I think of that song 
or something. Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of like one of the ways I encourage people to approach being on the show is to like think of a time in your life where a song is associated with a memory or whatever. And then we dissect that. So I think this is going to be good. I'm excited about a lot of these. And a lot of these I didn't know. Like some of them I did and some of them I'm like, oh, I can't wait to talk about this one. But other ones, brand new to me. Taylor Swift though with the one um are you a big like have you always been a big Taylor fan or like what is your uh, how have you, uh, uh, how did I, you like why is this one first especially on the list um well first of all it's called the one yeah. so it has oh, to well, be that makes first. sense yeah I guess. it's first on her album I think and I I can't remember I think it is um yeah it is and I feel like was it, is this song this sounds so dumb I'm it's from folklore yes right it's yeah. folklore okay uh-huh. So I was never much of a Taylor Swift fan. I mean, I liked her as much as the standard person who listened to the radio liked her. And I wasn't like a, like a big Taylor Swift fan, like who would go to the concerts, who knew all like the lore of her songs or I don't know. I have friends who like they're a big Taylor Swift fans and like they're always about Taylor Swift and I'm just not that friend. And I never really understood the hype. Like I like her, but I was never like a super fan. Sure. And I think that I started to like her more when Reputation came out because I was like, whoa, that's kind of sick that she came out with this album that's kind of way different than her other stuff. Well, I guess, I don't know, her album before that one was kind of leading up to something very pop like that. But I just thought... I think Reputation is kind of, I feel like, I mean, I also have not been a Taylor Swift fan for that long, but I feel like the hype around reputation and then when it was actually released people were kind of like puzzled by it like i think a lot of people really do like it but i think it was so different and kind of dark and people were not expecting that from her and that's like what like that was like what started to like catch my curiosity about her i feel like because before that i thought like oh yeah whatever she writes a bunch of songs she's kind of a country pop singer um and i don't know like i'm like not to like pigeonhole myself or something but I'm Native American I just felt like maybe her music didn't really connect with me because she's kind of like a white woman and she's very like 
she's very like dorky so like in her music video she dances like really dorky and I was like I don't really know if that if I relate to her in that way (laughs) um which sounds really silly but I feel like as a person of color I just didn't relate to her some of her topics I guess and so but at the same time like her early stuff like I lived in the middle of nowhere like I lived across from a cornfield and I would listen to songs like our song and I would be like yeah I like this song it like totally catches like a a vibe of like when you live in the middle of nowhere it's very country you know Mm -hmm. and so like I related to those songs I didn't think about Taylor Swift for a really long time and then during the pandemic I was just really bored and she came out with folklore and I thought like well, I'll give it a try because it looks like it's going to be folky, right? And mm-hmm. so I listened to it, and this is the first song I heard from it, obviously, because I was just listening to it front of the album, you know, just the yeah. first song. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is really good. <laughs> like, I'm so surprised that Taylor Swift had that range, I guess. Yeah. Because um, it's completely different than, like, what she's been doing, I feel like, for years, so... I think that's, I feel like that's, I mean, there's a lot of, I think, just looking at it from uh, the standpoint of, like, who she was working with and how the album was made. I feel like Folklore and Evermore, uh, like, together, it opened up, a, I mean, she, it was kind of, like, experimental for her in the sense that she was working with unlikely collaborators. Mm-hmm. But it was also, like, that opened up larger doors for other people who were maybe like i don't know if i really listen to taylor swift and then it's like oh she has done this and it's very like it's there's a lot of thought into it and it's like very interesting and so i i had kind of gotten into her um with lover because i really liked the song cruel summer Mm -hmm. and then when this when folklore was announced and it was like oh taylor swift has collaborated on an album with members of the national i was like sign me up like I don't like, <laughs> I don't need to know anything else about it. I'm I'm here for it. So that's and I've kind of gone back from and revisited her earlier stuff, but it's like the the newer stuff and the kind of more thoughtful, like densely put together stuff is mm-hmm. um I think like what I what I gravitate towards a lot more with her. I guess you never know, never know. And it's another day waking up alone. Something, don't you think so? Roaring twenties, tossing pennies in the pool. And if my wishes came true, it would have been you. In my defense, I have none. But never leaving well enough alone. But it would have been fun if you would have been the one. Persist and resist the temptation to ask you if one thing had been different. Would everything be different today? We were something, don't you think so? Rose flowing with your chosen family, and it would have been sweet if it could have been me. In my defense, I have none. Digging up the grave another time But it would have been fun If you would have been the one Ooh. But when Reputation came out I was genuinely like struck by it I'm like whoa like 
I can't believe that Taylor Swift had it in her, I guess. <laughs> like, <laughs> that like changed my, pers- like my perspective yeah. of her as like a, as a musician, I guess. But then yeah, folklore kind of really pulled it to a spot that I didn't think that she would ever really go. And I was like, well, well, I guess I kind of expected it a little bit, but not really. I really liked that. She- I think it was like the hunger games or something. She had a song that she did for the Hunger Games movies, and it was very folky. And I'm like, why doesn't she do more stuff like that? Yeah, I think, like, I mean, the pop stuff is great, and she's good at it, but I think, like, leaning into this kind of, like, like slow-burning, acoustic, like, very mm-hmm. moody kind of stuff yeah. is, like, where she's really thriving right now. Yeah, see, that's the thing. is like, between, like, I, I'm, like, one of two people. I'm either, like, I want to listen to like a sad, melancholy acoustic song (laughs) or I want to listen to something that like I turn my brain off when I'm listening to it. And I'm just like, it's just vibes and I'm just having a good time. So it's one or the other with me. It's not like, it's really not that deep in my brain. Um, But yeah, with Taylor Swift's album Folklore, I really liked it. The one specifically, um, I really liked the song in general because I'm the type of person where... I feel like every, this sounds, I don't want to sound like self-centered. Every <laughs> guy who I've ever become friends with always uses me as like a placeholder for a girlfriend. And I'm not. <laughs> and I feel like I'm very like, I've had a, I've been in a relationship for like 10 years. Um, but I feel like every close male friend who I ever befriend always kind of treats me like I'm their girlfriend. And I'm, I didn't notice it until probably like after two or three friendships with guys who like, once they get girlfriends, we're not friends anymore. Do you get hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Hmm. Um, Man, men are trash. Let's just Yeah, they truly can be. Um, <laughs> and so I just felt like when I heard that song, it was really relatable um, in the way of like, if one thing had been different, would everything be different? You yeah. know, that kind of thing. And it's a, just a song about like what ifs and like how something is really great, but it's it just doesn't pan out later on. She's really good at capturing the feeling of like, oh, this person and I, we were really, really close and now we're not. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And that whole album is like that pretty much. But yeah, there, is a, there but. is a lot of that throughout. I mean both of those albums yeah Um, definitely i remember when this album came out there was this thing on twitter it was like taylor swift opens up an album with the lyric i'm doing good i'm on some new shit then proceeds (laughs) to record the most depressing 15 songs you've ever heard (laughs) truly and i was like yeah i yeah i'm here for it though that is truly what she did and i feel like i needed it I didn't know I needed that album until I had it. And then suddenly I was like, whoa, like this is. Oh, so yeah. Good. I need, I really needed that album. I like between that and uh, that came out like a couple weeks after um, Punisher by Phoebe Bridgers. Oh, and I yeah. was just like very deep in my feelings during the summer of yeah, I feel, Gosh, the pandemic too really pulled it out of me. I feel like there was so much <laughs> I didn't know before the pandemic that now I know about myself. Yeah. So oh, I'm just yeah. sitting in solitude all the time. <laughs> Like my significant other, he goes to work and I'm just home. I was unemployed at the time. So I was home every day for like two plus years. And I just would sit here and I would listen to Taylor Swift. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I agree. (laughs) 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 She's right. And then I was listening to Punisher too. And like, 
I would just listen to Kyoto like over and over and over again. And I'm like, yeah, dads do kind of suck. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I just oh. needed it. It was very cathartic. I was and then, just sitting at and home then you're getting like, angry. Oh, which, which young blonde woman has hurt me most this year? That was yeah, the question true. that I asked like every day. Truly. If all our life is but a dream, Fantastic posing greed, then we should feed our jewelry to the sea. For diamonds do appear to be just like broken glass to me. And then she said she can't believe genius only comes along in storms of fabled foreign tongues. Dripping eyes and flooded lungs Northern downpour sends its love Hey moon, please forget to fall down Hey moon, don't you go down Sugar came in the easy morning What a veins mine Um, do you want to get into this next one? We're kind of drastically switching tones with Panic. Panic at the Disco. This is a band that I, I mean, I was very, I'm very aware of them. I've been aware of their, like how popular they were right from the rip. But I, I literally know nothing about them. This was never something that I sat down to listen to. Oh, you have picked well. a song called Northern Downpour. So, like, tell me about your relationship with this band and specifically this song. Well, it comes from one of the best <laughs> albums of all time. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, Panic is, I was very emo growing up. Um, I was like an emo kid, probably from like 2006 to 2009. And then after that, I was very like indie rock, indie sleaze kind of. So I, uh, I really liked their first album and I would have picked a song from that one, but they're all very like, um, it was very clearly like a breakup album. Like every song is about like cheating and breaking up and like teen romance and like, and stuff like that. And I was just like, ah, it's not really like my energy anymore. (laughs) I'm 30. Um, <laughs> I have a 401k. Like, I'm just not, <laughs> like, that's not my energy anymore. But um, I really liked the, I at the time, I didn't really like their second album. Like, their sophomore album yeah. was called Pretty Odd. Um, when it first came out, I was like, this is a tone shift. Like, it's completely different than their first album. Like, their first album was very... Um, like the themes at the time, I will say now that I'm older, I get everything. But at the time I knew nothing. So I thought they were like reinventing the wheel, <laughs> <laughs> but it turns out they were just like ripping off like Stanley Kubrick. And <laughs> um, I don't know, like kind of like that, like uh, almost like clown or circus like energy but like I used to think they were so cool because they were like emo and their hair was like side swept and they used to like do their makeup on just one eye like a clockwork orange but I didn't know what a clockwork orange was back then <laughs> so I was like 
this is so hot. This is it. These guys know. They just know what's up. And now that I'm older, I real I, and I've experienced culture enough, I guess, because I I watch a lot of movies and I <laughs> read a lot of books. I realized that a lot of their premises just came from books and movies and that they were just nerds. I don't know. <laughs> but their second album, they were really trying to like capture that um that Beatles energy. It is it is very Beatles-esque. That was like cuz I I listened to your playlist when I was like bopping around the house and I was it I mean it's very it's so infectious like it's very mm-hmm. catchy and melodic and poppy but not like bombastic like bubblegum pop but like yeah it's up like pop songwriting and i was i was impressed at how like like the vocals are like very beautiful and it's just like it's very surprising that like because i also lumped them in i mean i was in my mid-20s around the time that they were very popping but I was like I thought they were like an emo band with like a name with a name like Panic at the Disco and like with the hair and everything <laughs> and then I was like this song is like this is an e-. like I was like this is like acoustic pop like what are they doing here so it was like the whole album like this in terms of a kind of like a yeah the okay. whole album is like this and it is it's just so good in like the way that I wasn't expecting it. I was very sideswept when this came out. Like I they it like hit me like a ton of bricks. That fragile Capricorn unraveled words like moths upon old scars. I know the world's a broken bone. But melt your headaches, call it home. Hey moon, please forget to fall down. Um, Northern Downpour, it just is like perfect in the way that it 
Oh yeah, I should go back a little bit just to tell you. They were trying to go for a Beatles thing. They they recorded this album at Abbey Road. Oh, there you go. And so they were like very inspired by like the Beatles and Abbey you, Road. You just gotta lean lean right into it. They leaned into it like with every that basically their whole bodies were like at a forty five <laughs> degree angle the whole time they made this album. They were really leaning into it hard. Um, it's really great because this album is the last album that all the members of Panic of the Disco we're all together <laughs> no and are they like they're still a band but like is it not no the original lineup is it's it just, just the lead singer Brendan and Uri. three people yeah. who yeah and a bunch of random wrangle. people okay okay um but back then it was all the members and i think that one of the members was leaving the band and so the song i've looked it up before because i'm trying to figure out what the song is about like for years i've been like what is this song about like because i just like it because it's like sad but kind of it sounds happy but it's actually like a sad song you get what i mean yeah yeah. and um i'll do anything for like a melancholy sounding song that's like a little bit upbeat like (laughs) um this song though specifically i think was about like one of the members of the band leaving and um they were just making a song to like have all their like of like their memories and what they what they kind of liked, I guess, and what they that, what their favorite sound was, I guess. That is what it says. I I have so many tabs pulled up right now, but I have <laughs> I have it on. It's annotated on Genius.com. Shout out to Genius. It says oh, that wow. a, a somber song. I don't know who annotated this. You know what's uh, so funny is so. I have never tried to like look it up. Look it up. I only ever go like meaning of Northern Downpour Reddit. It says whoever, whatever jabroni filled this thing out on genius. It says that it's a somber song about love touring and everything else that's important to the band. It reminisces on both the good and bad times. And it was written by guitarist Ryan Ross. It was his final single with the band. Yeah. So Ryan Ross was like the, if there's like anybody who was like the bones and the meat of a freaking group, it was that guy. And then the skin, like the dermis, the epidermis is just Brendan <laughs> Urie. Like, so like the, once Ryan Ross wasn't in the band anymore, it wasn't Panic of the Disco, if that makes sense. Like he was Panic of the Disco. Um, and actually this song, um, it's like when Brendan Urie now goes on tour, which I saw him once go on tour for his Death of the Bachelor tour. And it was just him in a band. I don't know who the other people were. Um, and he's obviously just Panic of the Disco. He himself is Panic of the Disco, I guess, now. Um, when I went to go see Panic of the Disco, he didn't perform Northern Downpour. And everyone says that he doesn't perform it because the song hurts, makes him sad. Oh. <laughs> because the band broke up. Um, and him and Ryan Ross used to be really good friends. And... I don't know. They were, I mean, they were really good friends, but they would do a lot of like really performative stuff. Like they'd like kiss on stage and stuff. So like people, people obviously have their theories. I don't really believe them, but um, yeah, it's a really sad song about kind of a band breaking up, I guess. Dang, that's but duty. it's really good. And like yeah. when you listen to it in the car, you're just like driving and it's like sunset. And if you listen to the song, it's like very, heavy but like light at the same time like it's a perfect song to drive around in like the summertime but like in august when it's about to be fall <laughs> that's the best time like when when like you can feel the yeah, autumn a little chilly. vibes coming towards you it's a it's a bummer but it's like happy bummer and it's also <laughs> just 
melodic and it has like a lot going on in it like you can hear so much different elements in the song yeah. and there's like harmonies and i was really impressed at how just how dense uh all of this was when i was listening to it yeah and that's like why i like that song like all the other songs on pretty odd are good like if you want to listen to the album and you want to um i don't know some of the songs kind of sound a little bit like your at ye old pub and you're gonna like dance with a fair lady or something <laughs> but this it's like, song, it's like renaissance fair music kind of yeah they have a song called she had the world and it's like ding 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 ding, ding like that <laughs> it's like very like i don't know it just sounds very huh baroque is it baroque uh, pop yeah it's very it is a little baroque but <laughs> it's I, I was always like what is this gonna like is a wench gonna walk into the room <laughs> and like hand me like a horn a of mead, mead? Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to Are you ready to get into the next one here? Yes. Gwen Stefani. I was really excited to see this on here because I hadn't listened to this song in a long time. And I was like, ooh, this is such a bop. Um, the song. But we're, we're heading back to Gwen Stefani's solo, first solo album. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, this had hits for days because it has this, it has Hollaback Girl. And yes. I mean, she, she had a stranglehold on pop music during this time. But so you picked Cool and where, like, were you a big No Doubt fan at any point or so kind of like, how are we um, getting into, into yeah. this one? So my parents used to listen to No Doubt. My parents are pretty young and hip. I guess you could say. So like <laughs> they're, I mean, at the time they were, they were, my mom had me when she was 18. So growing up, I kind of got the best of like the nineties music because my mom was in her twenties. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I don't have boomer parents or something. My mom is very like gen X, but um, yeah. So even now she's like, 40 something she's gonna be 50 I think next year or maybe this year I can't remember but yeah so er, well I'm 30 right now she's 18 years older than me so I don't know how old my mom is but um she'll be 48 or yeah, she'll be 48. 40. she's not yeah she's not even 50 yet so uh <laughs> my mom is like probably the biggest influence on like my music taste from my childhood. And she was like, Oh, Gwen Stefani, no doubt. Like this album is their albums are so good. And my mom was a huge, no doubt fan. And I mean, uh, they were everywhere. Like I was oh, in middle school when tragic, when tragic kingdom, like really hit and <laughs> it was inescapable. Like just a girl and spider webs yes. and fucking don't speak. It was yeah. just like, all, like you couldn't, you couldn't 
watch MTV without seeing those videos constantly. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, no doubt really had, they had a moment and uh, it was really something. Yeah. My mom, she, she listened to everything, but like my parents were very, um, I don't know if you'd call them. They were like really into music and like, they kind of liked grunge music, but they liked like a little bit of pop punk music and stuff like that. So they would take me to like cheapo with them. Oh, cool. (laughs) And I would just like sit at cheapo and they would flip through CDs for like three hours. (laughs) And I would just be like listening to music on like one of those CD things where like you would just put a CD in and wear headphones and it would start playing a CD. And I would listen to no doubt. And I'd be like, mom, I really want to, I really want to listen to this or get this CD. And she'd be like, Oh, we already have that one at home. <laughs> <laughs> so they had, like, they were just really into music back then. And we lived in the min- in Minneapolis in the 90s and the early 2000s. So I think my mom was just really hip for the time. And so I always really liked No Doubt um, and just grunge music in general. But not saying that No Doubt is grunge, but I'm just saying grunge music. When I look back at it, I'm like, oh, that's a very like my parents type of music. Sure. <laughs> And I feel like No Doubt is, like, the one that I thought was, or the music that I thought was the coolest, because it had, like, a woman frontman, or front person, I guess you could say. Um, But when she started to come up with solo music, that's when I really started to like her. Because I was, at the time, I only ever knew her in No Doubt. And when she came out with her first album, I just really liked the album in general. Like, I think it was just a perfect age to suddenly like this song like I was in middle school um and I remember seeing the music video because it's back when MTV used to still have music videos on all what the a time. what a bygone era like I, my God. I feel like I don't want to like brag too hard but I think that the best age to be born was in 1991 <laughs> like I really do I'm not even kidding because like I was in middle school when stuff like that was still on TV and I grew up with it and uh nowadays it's just very different like how you get music is just very different and how you see music videos is very different i still find it like this is a little bit of a tangent but like i find it so fascinating that artists are still willing to like make music videos often very elaborate music videos and they just put them on online and people watch them (laughs) online and i guess it's like the same thing it's kind of like well, that's where people are. They'll see them. It maybe generates interest in the song. And uh-huh. I mean, pe- the way people consume music now is totally different. But like, I mean, I am a product of the 80s. I remember sitting in front of music videos all day. And it was like, you wrote down the name of the song that you saw. And you were like, the next yes. time I go to the record store, you know, I'm going to get that. Like, you got to get the <laughs> single. You got to get the album. Like, I was like... I know that was I feel like even just like being in the 90s like if you heard a song you would have to like sit by the radio and with a pen and like wait and yeah. for them to say the name of the song and sometimes, yeah. sometimes you would listen to the whole song and they wouldn't say the name at that the that was end. the worst that I was literally like, the worst oh like are you kidding me <laughs> so you'd have to wait for another time like the next hour or two when they play the song again and hopefully this time they'll say it either before or after so you'd have to like sit by the radio <laughs>
But so with Gwen Stefani and Cool, like of this uh, from this album, um, was there any other like contender from this album that you would have put on this list? Or was it always this one that was kind of like um, the one that drew you into her hmm. solo output? I don't know. I like her other songs. Hello Back Girl is obviously really good. I don't know if it's like the top tier for me or anything, <laughs> but I think that I... I just know myself and I think that when I was even 12 years old and I'd never had a relationship that this song was like deep but not too deep (laughs) and even now that I'm older I'm like that song was pretty deep like for the time I was 12 and I didn't really understand it um but I thought I did I was like oh my gosh it's so sad I like watched a music video and I thought I understood like what she was trying to say And then I listened to it again when I was 16. I think I had gone through like one breakup in high school. And I was like, oh my God. And I would like run into my boyfriend, my ex-boyfriend in the hallways with his new girlfriend. I'd be like, hi. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go home and listen to Cool by Gwen Stefani. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't think it was until probably the, like, once again, like I said, the pandemic, when I was like 30, that I finally listened to this song again. It was just like on a playlist. Like I listened to a playlist called like, I don't even know, like 2004 or something on Spotify. And, or maybe, I don't know, maybe it was like 2006. I don't remember. Something like that. Some era of the early 2000s. They just have playlists on Spotify that they generate and they just come up with the year and they play all the songs from that year. And I heard this song on the playlist and I was just like, drinking wine doing my dishes in my kitchen and I was like oh my god the song like yeah that was kind of the reaction I had too because it had been so many years since I had heard it and I just remember like it was so it was inescapable when it was very popular and I was like oh this like this is so reminiscent of like 80s pop and it's like reminds me of there's like some specific song from the 80s that it sounds very similar to Mm -hmm. and I was like oh man she just captured this energy and it's just like yeah. it's good it's like it's really like well so many, written like really interesting like uh dreamy sounds in the yeah. <laughs> song that yeah. like it really makes you feel like this like whimsical like you can remember back to a time kind of in like I was 12 I didn't know I couldn't remember back to a time <laughs> in Italy riding around on a moped with my hot boyfriend like I didn't know what that was you know but for some reason the song just makes you feel like you felt it and, yeah, it is very evocative in that yeah. way. Yeah, and so I just really liked that sound in general. And I remember 
I don't know how many songs before that had like a feeling where like I didn't really care like what the lyrics were. I could just like listen to that song and just the sound of the background and be like, oh my gosh, this is so good. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I didn't get it when I was 12, but I thought yeah. I did. Then I was 16 <laughs> and I really thought I got it. I was like, oh, I get it. And then I was 30 and I listened to the lyrics again as a 30 year old who's obviously been through relationships and now... I'm an adult and I'm in a long-term relationship right now. And I'm like, Oh my God, this song is so good. She captures like a, a thing that a lot of people probably have felt about being in a relationship or being in an, or not being in a relationship, but hanging out with somebody who you used to date. Um, but yeah, Gwen Stefani, the song's cool. really good. I don't know if I like her as a person and I don't know I, if I'm I don't a- know much about her at this point. Um, and yeah, what she's I'm been very, up to. she, um, I don't know. She had like a lot of, I think when I look back at her, I think that she was really cool. But then I guess it, it needs to be said, like she basically used Asian people as a prop when she came out with that album. She had like four Asian women who she just hired to like hang out with her from like Harajuku or something. Oh, I didn't know that. That's <laughs> yeah, and Yeah. And the album's called Love Angel Music Baby. Yeah. And that was like their nicknames. Like she was like, "Oh, this Asian girl's love," and this one is Angel. <laughs> oh, that's um, yeah. And so, that's like, troubling. so the song, brilliant. Gwen Stefani as a person, not so much. Yeah, no, <laughs> like yeah. it's questionable. Is she I, still involved with that country singer? Do you know? Uh, Didn't wasn't she like romantically linked to Blake you know, Shelton? Yeah, she did. I don't know if they. I think they got married. I don't know anything oh, about her well, or that. But peace and love. Peace and love to both of them. Peace then. and love, um, I guess. But I think that he cheated on his wife with her. But I'm not trying to like allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> I, allegedly, allegedly, alleg- allegedly. Sprinkle some allegedly's. Do you want to get into this BTS one? Because I know you probably have a lot to say about about them. And you put two on here at different yes. points in the playlist. I, so the had first to, one, I had to narrow them down. <laughs> I expected the whole list to be BTS, honestly. No, um, I, I'm a fan, but I need to, I know my limits. So the first one you picked is called Dimple. And I, I mean, as just somebody who is like aware of things in the zeitgeist, I was like, oh, BTS, I know that they are a very popular group uh, and that they have like, are no longer active and that their members are pursuing uh solo careers or yeah whatever. they're doing a solo thing right now i don't really know what if how official it is uh, but 
they hang out all the time together still. Yeah, uh, um, but they've just, <laughs> they've been such such a big thing. Like, it. I am just like aware that they have been very popular in America for a number of years now. But so, how in terms of kind of like pop music from other cultures? Because it's like it is kind of like it blends like it it is. Some of it is in English some of the time. Some of it is not. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, kind of like, how how did you become such a fan of theirs? Ugh, there are no words. I could go on okay. all day. This podcast would be, if it was just a BTS podcast, I would never shut up. But <laughs> I'll try to give you the Cliff's Notes because okay. I'll go okay. on all day. Okay. Um, Sounds good. <laughs> I'm obsessed, first of all. Um, they did, sorry, I'm trying to pour myself some more coffee because I had the coffee earlier, but. Um, they did uh, SNL, and I watched the episode uh, the day after it came out. Like I don't, I don't know why. I think it was like they just randomly were on um, YouTube, and I, I have, I will say, like I don't want to get attacked by the BTS army because I am one, and I know how it is. Um, even just saying that is like rude. Like I get it. Like I love them, but. They, I never cared about them before a certain point. I watched them on SNL. They have so many albums. I'm scrolling through their, like, yeah, they've been around li- since like 2012 or 2013. Like, um, they, yeah, I watched them on SNL and they did two songs. They did Boy with Love and Mic Drop. I don't remember which one they did first. I'm guessing they did Boy with Love first and then they did Mic Drop just just knowing them but <laughs> um i wasn't boy with love that got me but mic drop got me like i watched the and there <laughs> this is very much like a a bts fan thing but the song itself is good mic drop is a good song um it's a hip hop song it's very like it was produced by Steve Aoki or something <laughs> or not or what is his name is it Steve Aoki i don't remember his yeah name. yeah yeah and um it's very like it's like a revenge song about like how they have all these trophies and they their bag's so heavy they can't even carry it and like <laughs> stuff like that. It's just like a hip hop song where they're like kind of bragging and it's like very um of the genre, I guess. And they uh that's not what got me cuz like the song was in English when they performed it on SNL cuz they have two versions. They have an English version and they have the Korean version. So they performed the one that's mostly in English or I mean, the chorus and stuff is in English. And I was like, okay, okay. BTS is like pretty good. I'm getting it. I understand. And then there's this part where they break down into like a break dance thing where they're all dancing and they're flipping over each other. And like, they like, um, the song just like breaks down into a different beat and they all start like body rolling at the same time. <laughs> and I was like, I'm done. I'm a BTS fan. It's this is a, and I didn't know at the time I thought like, Whoa, like I wasn't expecting that.
the boy with love performance um later on that night and I was like that one's good too and then after that I I don't know what happened but I was watching boy with love and there was a guy in it and I was like who is that and I feel like that's how every BTS fan ever has like fallen down the rabbit hole of becoming a BTS fan once you start wondering who they are individually you're hooked like you're done so I did what any anybody would do and I googled like oh what are the names of the members of BTS and I watched like a couple YouTube videos like where it showed like there were like fan-made videos where it was like each of them individually and it'd be like this is like an introduction to BTS how many members of BTS were there or are there there are seven members of okay. BTS okay so and do they all get kind of equal time in songs? That's kind of what I, I wanted to ask is like, since I know nothing about them and like once you get, when you are in a group, like a vocal group mm-hmm. or like a group where people aren't really playing instruments mm-hmm. and it's that many people, I'm like, do they all get equal time on each song or do they all like, how do they all contribute? They they don't always get equal time in every song, but they kind of get equal time over like a whole album. If that makes okay. sense. There's a lot going on there. <laughs> I don't, it sounds like it. You have to like, just, I'm not even kidding. I remember one of my, one of my friends, she was like, Cody, I really want to get into BTS. Like you need to teach me about BTS so that I can get into them. And I didn't know how to say it in like a polite way. I was like, maybe someday. And that's all I said to her, but <laughs> In all actuality, the only way to get into BTS is to, like, fall into BTS. Like, you have to just be vulnerably waiting for, like, one of their songs to catch you and, like, hook you. And then suddenly you, you're you asking, like, who is that one, you know? Yeah, and then yeah. from there, you will learn everything about them in your own time and like you can't you just can't like teach it to people i don't know how else to say it like you have to you either get it or you don't like that's just it's there's no blurred line there and the fans can always tell when you get it or if you don't get it and you picked you picked two and so you put the i'm gonna like we should just talk about both of these now i think yeah Um, but so you picked dimple is the first one on the list here. Iconic, so how did you and how did you pop. how did you select this iconic pop? Okay, so Dimple is from their album Love Yourself. 
I think it's from Love Yourself Answer, but it might be on, I don't know. I think it's on Love Yourself Answer. Their albums break down. So like there's like Love Yourself Her, Love Yourself Answer, Love Yourself Tear. And they're all, Love Yourself Answer is like the com- combination of Her and Tear. And I think they put a couple extra songs on it. Um, But basically, Dimple is about um, how the the boys just love you because you got dimples and they think you're cutie and they can't stand how cute you are because you're dimples and I just think it's a, it's a good song <laughs> but in general the song itself just sounds really good like the sounds that they use in the song or like the production of the song is really good so you kind of don't even know what the song is about but they're like dang girl your dimples are so cute it should be illegal <laughs> like that's what the premise of the song is <laughs> And I have dimples, like, all over my face. I have, like, ten dimples. Like, I know some people, like, purposely try to, like, force themselves to have dimples. Like, they get, like, those, like, cheek piercings that make your face have physical dimples because you dimpled your face by stabbing it. (laughs) Um, I didn't know that that was a thing. Yeah, people get, like, cheek piercings, and they're, like, in their dimple area. And then, like, when they get removed, then they have permanent dimples for life. But it's like, yeah, but you also have a hole in your face. The other one that you picked is called Home. So, Ugh. and I mean, this is off, they're off of different albums. So kind of like what and so where, Home is off what's of, the scoop with this one? So I didn't have to like delve back into their discography to find out about Home like I did with Dimple. Like they have so much music, like you could listen to it for days and like you probably wouldn't be able to finish all of it. Um, but if you're a fan, obviously you're just devoted. So that's how I found out. Like immediately after I saw them on SNL, I went back through their discography and I found that album, Love Yourself Answer and Dimple was on it. And that's like one of the songs that really, uh, caught me. But I will say I didn't start out delving back into their discography. I started out by watching all of their music videos. So going back to the music videos thing you were talking about, they put a ton of, effort into the visuals of their music videos so when i watched the music video i was like this is amazing i'm obsessed they're so hot <laughs> they're really cool and they are so cute i don't know i just really liked them so then that's what made me interested and like really piqued my interest to like go and listen to the album and that was yeah that was like right when i was like what are their names you know and i still didn't know their names so i listened to the whole album 
And the song Home is so good. It's like, it has kind of like, um, I don't know, like the sort of beat that has like a, almost like a woman like singing in the background. And it's, I don't know, just like kind of like a little bit of like, I wouldn't know if you call it like a hip hop song, but it's like, they're not really singing in parts of it. They're just kind of like bopping along to this song. And the song is basically about how they, when you're with them, you're always at home. You know what I mean? And so they're like, you know, like, we're just that home. You're our home. And I feel like the fans just love when they do stuff like that. But that song is so good. And they don't, like they're they don't have a music video for that song there's there should be i mean at this point there are enough videos of them performing it live they know that that is like the most underrated song on the album if that makes sense like when they perform live they don't perform it every time i saw them in la yeah i remember that um i went you were very you were very active on social media yeah i went to their fourth day performance in la for the ptd in la tour that they did they did like a residency at the sofi stadium and uh i genuinely didn't they hadn't performed it on any of the other days and i told my everyone was my brother and his girlfriend and my boyfriend were like oh don't look up the set list just go into it raw (laughs) and just experience it and just be in the moment and i was like okay fine whatever Um, so I tried my best to like stay off of TikTok. I was like not on Twitter. I was like, I was just avoiding social media so that I wouldn't get spoiled for what's going to happen at the concert. But I knew like previous days they'd had like, I think they had Megan the Stallion. She did a song with them before. And I think she did like, uh, she came and showed up to one of their performances. And then like the night that I went that Coldplay was at it and like stuff like that. So they had like their collaborators came and were a part of the show. So I was like, well, I don't want to spoil it. I just want to like kind of go into it and just like experience the concert. And they performed home and I didn't expect (laughs) it. Nobody expected it. The whole place like exploded in screams because it's like one of their best songs from that album. And like, they don't perform it very often. Um, It's kind of like, it's like a cute song, but it's also a little bit of a sexy sounding song. And like, they don't perform it always. Um, but whenever they perform it, it's always really cute because they will like, they have like sets that they set up on stage and stuff for it. And I've seen them perform it on like YouTube at concerts in Korea and they wear pajamas on stage because they're at home. You know what I mean? It's really <laughs> cute. I don't know. I just love the vibe. <laughs>
when they performed it at the SoFi Stadium, they had a giant bed that they were like that, like people were wheeling around on the stage and they were just sitting on a giant bed, like all of them. (laughs) And they were like, I don't know, dancing around to this song. And like the whole, like you couldn't hear like a single, like the decibels coming out of that place were like, my ears were ringing for like a week after that oh, concert. Wow. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I bet. I bet a show and, like uh, that is just like wild. It was insane. And but when they, everyone was just kind of not expecting it because it wasn't on any of their previous day set lists. And then when I left that concert, um, we were. It was everybody was all leaving at once, and we got out of there so fast. Like I knew, like okay, they're leaving. Like the like stage is coming down on them, and they're waving goodbye. And I was like, let's go because I wanted to beat the crowd. So we like left the venue and we went out to the streets and their cars drove past us. Oh and wow! One of them, one of them, V rolled down his window and he like waved at the crowd. But I was like on the edge of the sidewalk. Well, I knew it was going to happen because my brother's girlfriend said they just said that they're coming this way. They said the boys are driving this way, and I was like, "Who did?" And they're like the cops because we were like in an area where they were directing traffic and they were like stopping us from going. And so all the cars around us had gotten stopped and we were like standing at the street edge and we were like, I was like, no, they're not. And so we got to the street court, like the edge of the street as fast as we could. And we saw all their black cars coming down the road and they were like being directed by like the police were like escorting them out of there. And so there was like police cars surrounding them and they wrote, one of them rolled down their windows, but I was like, I can't believe it. They perceived me with their icons. Like they actually (laughs) might've perceived me from their car. Um, are you ready to pick up with this next one here mm-hmm. with Sanctuary? Now, how do you pronounce this dude's name? Is it Joji? Joji? Yeah. Okay. So I really liked this a lot. Um, and oh, I know nothing okay. about this guy, but I was really into this tune. So kind of how are we getting into this? And like, how do you discover an artist like this? And kind of like, what genre would you even can yeah. call this? So I am like the laziest when it comes to finding new music. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's just start there. Uh, I really enjoy listening to the same stuff like I said I'll listen to the same song like every day for like three months and I'll listen to different stuff from time to time but I'm like my Spotify is riddled with playlists that are called like yeah nice okay and it's like the only the songs I listen to for like four months and then I stop listening to them completely and then there's other ones that are called like some stuff I don't remember what I called this one. This one's called the playlist. This is called the good stuff. The good stuff. Yeah. That's like, that's how I make playlists. I just make playlists to keep going and going and going. Um, and this one, I don't remember how exactly. Oh, 
Well, you know, I do know how I found out about Joji, actually. It was because of my introduction to K-pop. Okay. I got, and he's not Korean, by the way. I kind of, I didn't think so, but I just was like, is this like, is this like, is this some kind of like J-pop, K-pop adjacency? It's similar, it is a little, it, that is kind of around the same time, but it was on accident. Like I found out about Joji separate from K-pop, but then he crossed over a little bit with K-pop. So I was, I randomly found out about Joji. Like one day I was just on YouTube and I like to think that I like know new music when it's coming out, but I don't really keep up. Like I'm not avidly doing that. Like I just fall into knowing new music um, by listening to it, I guess, by listening to playlists on Spotify and by like watching TikTok and there's a song on TikTok or watching YouTube videos. And I'm like, what's that song? You know what I mean? (laughs) So uh, one day I was on YouTube and I had been watching uh, BTS music videos and then I randomly clicked on some something else. I don't even know what it was. Um, some other music video that wasn't K-pop. Like maybe it was Ariana Grande or The Weeknd. I think it might have been The Weeknd. And then it showed up in my suggested videos like an hour later and I went to go look at my subscribe, my like subscribe list, I guess you could call it. I don't know what you'd really. And I saw it in the suggested, like the very first video was like not sanctuary, but it was some other song by him. Um, Maybe world star money. I don't remember. Some other song by Joji basically showed up. So I clicked on it and I listened to it and I was like, okay, this is pretty good like I like this I don't know anything about this guy and that was it and I didn't think anything of it and then randomly one day I was on Spotify and my suggested music list suggested Joji like I don't know what you call that there's one that like changes not your daily mix but there's another one that's like stuff you might like that kind of oh, sure. yeah and this song Sanctuary was on that and I was like another Joji song are you kidding me the algorithm is listening. I'll give you something so real. If you've been waiting for falling in love, baby, you don't have to wait on me. Cause I've been aiming forever to love. But an angel ain't what I need. because I like BTS I was like I want to know everything about K-pop like because like after I was able to tackle learning all the BTS members and liking enough BTS stuff I was just curious because like I had really overlooked K-pop for a really long time and so I was like well what am I missing you know like what else is going on here and so then from there I found this other group called GOT7 G-O-T-7 and they started around the same time as BTS And they also have seven members. 
um, during the pandemic, they broke up because their their record deal or not record deal, but their contract with their entertainment industry group like ended. And they got back together recently and they came out with a new oh, album. Okay. So it was really exciting because I wasn't expecting it. I was like blindsided. Like it was so awesome. But they have a member in their group named Jackson Wang. And he has his own music. And I really like Jackson Wang's music. I mean, I don't know if I like all of it. Not his newer stuff right now, but his older stuff, I liked it. And he has a song with this group called, I think, 88 Rising. And it's like an Asian music group that they do like they have all these different artists signed under their I don't know business I don't know what they're considered um production company I don't know but he did a song with them called walking and it has Joji in it so it's Jackson Wang and Joji and so I saw that music video just by chance and I was like Joji again are you kidding me this guy's on a roll here I found out you know the Harlem Shake yes he is the guy who invented the Harlem Shake like he is filthy. I Frank. didn't. I did not know that. Yeah, and so he redesigned. He wanted people to take his music more seriously. I think so. He renamed himself instead of being Filthy Frank or whatever his real name is. He just called himself Joji, and he started coming out with music. And it's all kind of like this really like emo, like sad, ambient, like a little bit hip hop, but kind of more pop kind of music. You get what I mean? Yeah. And the song Sanctuary is a banger like that song really caught me off guard well i guess i wouldn't say it's a banger but it's so good um i wasn't expecting to become such a big joji fan and then like this song solidified it for me i just think the song is really pretty i think it's a really like it's a cute like little bit of a love song sort of situation i'm one or the other like i'm either a love song or breakup song like i'm always like this like person who's I don't know why I'm thinking a lot about relationships, I guess. (laughs) I think, I mean, that's what a lot of pop music is though. Yeah, It's either, it's either like, especially like specific kinds of pop music. It's either like a song written about towards someone Mm -hmm. to express the feelings that you want to be in a relationship with them, or it is a song written towards a person expressing remorse that the relationship has ended yeah and so i just thought the song is so good there's so many little things about it i thought that i was dreaming when you said you love me i started nothing i had no chance to prepare i couldn't see you coming i started nothing
this. It's like, this song's got good vibes. <laughs> <laughs> good vibes only. Um, so Frank Ocean is the next one. Ivy from Blonde. And like, Ugh. so I, what I wanted to ask, were you into the into, like the movement of Odd Future when they were like everywhere? No. Causing I headlines. That's like, like probably why I like this song now. Okay. Because okay. I, because... I mean, I liked it a few years ago, but. I this song every time I hear it like it doesn't matter it could be like it sometimes it just comes on on my playlist automatically in the morning like I turn my car on and it was the next song on like my daily mix or something and I'm always like oh my god I can't skip it I can't skip this song so do you I mean do you really love all of Frank Ocean's like so like output as a solo artist or is it really just like this album or just this song Um, I really like blonde uh what was the other one it was something orange yeah he had channel orange channel orange was was pretty good but i think blonde was where i was at because at the time i was not a frank ocean fan when that album came out um i had heard a couple of his songs uh and i was just like yeah he's good you know and that's all i thought about it and then i had these friends uh who they were roommates at the time (laughs) And they were roommates. Um, and they, <laughs> and they, um, they were watching the live stream that he was doing where he was like building something. Like, yeah, the that was time. so. The so here's the so my teenage nephew loves Frank Ocean, and he's always like, "Hey, Uncle Kevin, how do you feel about Frank Ocean?" I'm like, "He's okay. Like, yeah. I tried. It's not for me." He's like, "I don't know, man." You might want to re-listen to Blonde. It's really good. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, you are 14. Like, I like, okay, cool. But I also, I don't know if this is for me. But he, Frank Ocean, famously, he did that live stream where he was building something. The music from that yeah. was recorded and released to end his contract with Def Jam. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, he released Blonde. Yeah. And that was like his new album with a different label. So like he gave Def Jam this weird art project that they were kind of like, okay, why are you doing this? <laughs> and then he had like saved like the best and like most accessible and interesting music for like a totally different thing. So like I admire the artistry in that and that he like takes himself so seriously and is so mysterious and meticulous. Yeah. But just like, I mean, this song was fine. I liked the song. I just don't, I don't know if Frank Ocean is for me. But anyway, you were saying you had friends. I who had were friends roommates, who were watching who were this watching live stream, the li- like yeah. waiting to see like what was going to happen. They were like, he's going to drop a new album. He's going to drop a new album. And I was like, I don't really know if I'm a big enough Frank Ocean fan to just sit here and watch his live stream for like hours. You know what I mean? And sure enough, he did drop a new album and they were obsessed with it and I didn't get it. And I honestly, I've listened to it multiple times too. And I'm like, ah, I like, I get that it's like good, I guess, but I'm not like blown away. But this song specifically, like, this is the song that like clicked me in on Frank Ocean. Like, I listened, I used to listen to it and not care. And then one day I was like, obviously during the pandemic, I was just sitting here (laughs) and I was like, Listening, I mean, dur- I was- the pandemic was a great time to like really unpack all those intrusive thoughts you might be having during the day. Oh. 
probably feel better by the weekend Still remember had you going crazy Screaming my name The feeling deep down is good I thought that I was dreaming When you said you loved me The start of nothing Had no chance to prepare Ivy again after years and years and I, I don't still like my ex-boyfriend from high school like it's that was a billion years ago but he was my friend and when I listen to this song and I think like this song is like kind of about like a young uh I don't know what you call it like relationship or like something that kind of is a relationship and like you don't know if it is or what it is and then uh obviously doesn't work out you know what I mean but like the song like really holds like a feeling like the I guess in general of like a time that like you'll never yeah. get back. And I feel like that like really clicked with me when I was thinking about that, like after me and my uh, ex-boyfriend who I'm still friends with are no longer friends kind of, or I mean, we're kind of friends, but we don't talk to each other anymore. If that makes sense. It's nice to sometimes romanticize a time that where you were like young and in love with somebody and how like now is not that time. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes, yeah. And so the yeah. the song really resonates in that way because it's, I don't know, it's like it perfectly captures that feeling of when you really like someone and you'll never get it back, I guess. And I feel like even with friendships, like this song could kind of be relatable. But specifically, I think that like the song, it's just like there's so much to unpack, obviously, what with like Frank Ocean and his like, kind of like his people like really badgering him about his like sexual preferences and stuff like that too. I feel like it was, yeah, that was very controversial. I remember yeah, like and, surprising for people when that kind of, when he, yeah. When, and, like when he, when he like openly admitted like that his, he had like a very young relationship with a, a guy and people were, I think a lot of his fans who had followed him from odd future were really surprised by that. And I, again, like, I don't really follow that. Like, I mean, I don't follow him that closely. Like some of the tunes are fine. I think his kind of commitment to himself Mm -hmm. as a person is also very admirable aside from his art, his artistry. Like he is very open about who he is in the way that he is able to be, which I I appreciate. He's just like a poet. Like I don't, and he just so happens to be a musician, I guess. Like I feel like sometimes his songs shouldn't be songs. Like they sound so personal, and I'm like, I mean, he's putting it out there, but yeah, he does really put it out there. Yeah, I'm like, he's putting it out there, but 
Um, that one, for some reason, like Ivy is just, it's such a tiny little feeling that like you would, it's almost like you would read it in somebody's diary. Yeah, it is like sometimes his music is so confessional. So you're kind of like, are you sure you want to be sharing mm-hmm. this? Yeah, no, but I. It's very brave of him to like be that open and have so many people be receptive, like so receptive. Yeah, and I think that's why I'm receptive though, is because like these are like the things that I'm like I've had similar experiences, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's totally how that feels. You know what I mean? And yeah. I feel like nobody's writing music that deep anymore. Maybe Taylor Swift, I guess. (laughs) She's trying. But I just, like, sometimes I'm in the mood to listen to a song that's like, girl, you are so cute that those dimples should be illegal. (laughs) And then other days, I just want to listen to a song that's really sad. And it's like, I thought that I was dreaming when you said you loved me. You know? And I'm like, that's so good. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, you wrote that like that came out of your brain and you thought it and you put it on paper and then you sang it like oh my god I'm so untalented <laughs> like I don't have a talented bone in my body compared to this man but that's um, one of those songs that really gets me I don't know if any of the other songs hit me that hard but that yeah. one is like every time I hear it I can't skip it and I always feel like sad <laughs> la, 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 la. Grande fan uh probably since like 2012 okay I was truly like one of her ride or die fans like since day one um I listened I used to work fashion retail at forever 21 (laughs) nice nice. when I was 20 turning 21 um well you're always gonna be forever 21 if you yeah if you worked at forever 21 if you turn 21 while you work at forever 21 You can um, never escape. I'll never escape it. Um, I still have clothes from that store. People are like, it's fast fashion. It falls apart so fast. I'm like, I have clothes from like 12 years ago. I feel like that I bought it forever 21. But um, I just take care of them. And I don't buy trendy clothes. I just buy like clothes that I think I'll wear a lot. But um, yeah, so I used to work in fashion retail. And they played a lot of Ariana Grande's early stuff. But she used to kind of, I don't know how how to describe it but her marketing team or her team of people who came up with her pop persona if you will like not that I don't believe that Ariana Grande has a little bit of freedom over her own persona but when she first started I feel like every Disney and Nickelodeon kid ever 
um, kind of gets told like, oh, you're going to be this kind of pop musician. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, and it's up to them later on if they want to break out of that, like and pull a Miley Cyrus. It was very clear that her team was like, oh, you should do a, you should try and pull a full Mariah Carey. And so her early days when she didn't really have like a, a personality to like for people to like cling to or like music that everyone knew, all of her music kind of sounded like Mariah Carey music and or generic pop, if that makes sure. sense. And so yeah. not saying that Mariah Carey's generic pop, but like the filler between the Mariah Carey uh, knockoffs <laughs> <laughs> was pu- just like bubblegum pop kind of. I wouldn't even say bubblegum pop, just like pop general. <laughs> and um, I just really like the song sometimes. And I the reason I put it on here is because I wanted people to uh, pay attention to her other music, I guess. But <laughs> um, I really like I mean, this so- album. This So this is from Dangerous Woman. Is this kind of like the transition into kind of like oh, where she yeah. has been now in terms of like the last couple of records that are absolutely a little yeah. more adult oriented? And kind yeah, of like this was like less- this was it. That's what I'm saying is like. Yeah. This is this is when she finally stopped doing what people kind of told her to do. <laughs> and she was like, I'm a woman now. <laughs> like, so I'm going to wear kinky bunny ears. <laughs> and I do think that, that she is like this. I do remember when this came out and being very perplexed by the weird mask thing that she's mm-hmm. wearing. And I'm like, good, good for you that you're just like really going for yeah, it. Yeah, she went for it. <laughs> takes a huge tone shift so the beginning half is like all the bops that were on the album that went uh i guess like not viral but were like most popular you could say like dangerous woman and be all right and into you and side to side that's the first half of the album right and then after you get past that stuff there's like a well i don't know there's like a tone shift but once you get there's like the album should be listened to like in three pieces if that makes sense because you get to like I don't know. There's this weird song called Let Me Love You with Lil, Lil Wayne on it. It's not my favorite. It's just like her trying to be so grown up. It's like, okay, like nobody wants to fuck Lil Wayne. Like you don't have to, you don't have to lie to kick it Ariana Grande. And 
Um, the songs that weren't the singles are all the bottom half of the album. So sometimes every day and sometimes is kind of where it starts. And it's like, sometimes it's just a really good song. And I feel like it's very mellow. You can listen to it like in the car. You won't be speeding. <laughs> Cause I feel like sometimes I listen to a song and I notice I'm speeding. I'm like, crap. Yeah. That ha- I think that happens to a lot of people. Um, sometimes it's just a mellow song and it's a really cute song. Cause it's just like, it's about basically like her getting in a relationship and her realizing that she's not thinking about other people in that relationship. She's not thinking about moving on or breaking up or she's not admiring other people, even if they might be hot. She's just, she doesn't even think about it sometimes, not even a little bit, you know? So I thought it was a really good premise for a song, for a pop song. And nobody cares about this song. I'm the only one. Anyways, yes, I love Mariah Carey. So Mariah, and I was happy to see this on here, but it was really a blast from the past for me to listen to this version of it. Because if I do listen to this song, I listen to the remix with Old Dirty Bastard on it. <laughs> yeah, um, I feel like I don't be- listen to that one very often. Because I love how he shouts out, he just says like, Japan, are you in the house? Everybody, are you in the house? <laughs> yeah, at the beginning. I forgot about that, that part. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is- so, but, so hot, like, I mean, have, what is your access point with Mariah Carey? Because she has been around for a very long time. Oh, uh, was she like a, it, something that was played in the house when you were growing yeah, up? Yeah, she's like an OG for me. Like okay. I list, I would like be in my house and I was like four <laughs> and my mom would be cleaning the apartment and she would listen to this album, Daydream. And I mean, this album was huge and it has hits for days on it. It does. It does have hits for days and nobody knows. It was hard to pick one. I was like, I have to just pick one, just one of these. Cause I can't pull a BTS on this. Um, she does a really great job with the whole album. And I love Mariah Carey because she's a little bit of a diva. <laughs> I mean, she's well-deserved. She's a diva. She can hit like notes that like literally shouldn't be human like hearable by human ears it's like only dogs should be able to hear these (laughs) um and then she also i love her because she like helps write and produce all of her songs and i think that's really cool that she like she puts a little bit of effort into stuff and she's and like you can tell because her like lyrics are weird sometimes (laughs) they're like lyrics that don't make sense you're like okay Which we love a we love a girl who can write, and so 
her songs always are really good, but I don't listen. I'm not really big into like the stuff before this album, but I think it's just because this album specifically um, was the one I grew up listening to. Sure. And then when I got into middle school, she came out with uh, The Emancipation of Mimi. Yep. And I was like, oh my God, she's amazing. This woman could do anything. And then she kind of like fell off. <laughs> I mean, she's had, she has had a wild career because oh, she's, she's her. been around, she's been around for so long. She is like an icon and mm-hmm. she's like eased into this kind of like role of an icon that she doesn't have to put out music anymore unless she wants to. Mm-hmm. And she's had so many ups and downs and like varying levels of success. and. Yeah. Some, like bizarre album titles. Yeah. She's, um, e equals MC squared. <laughs> well, there was one that was kind of like, what is it? Like the elusive Chanteuse was the name of one of them. <laughs> yeah. I just like, she's, That's what I mean, I mean, she's like, sometimes her words that she uses, I'm like, yeah, I know this girl is writing her own songs, elusive. But <laughs> uh, she, I mean, she had such a good run in the 90s. And I think Daydream was. Uh, probably not like her breakout because she she had success before this but i think this was kind of the one that solidified her as like a household name like a pop Mm -hmm. performer who was going to be around for a long time yeah I hear that song I'm like brought back first of all to like my childhood but then also if I watch the music video I like remember it from like my childhood isn't this, isn't this her at the amusement park yeah it's her at the amusement yeah. park and she's like yeah. rollerblading around and she uh she's on a roller coaster and I remember the song sounds like you're on a roller coaster like that song is like a up and down sort of situation in my brain so- like I don't know if you did this on purpose or not because we're like the next one after this is drastically different from anything else we've <laughs> talked about. But um I gotta remember the name of it. So this the song this samples a song by I think it's the Tom Tom Club. 
And that is the side project of somebody from Talking Heads. Oh, really? Yeah. So it samples Genius of Love by Tom Tom Club. And I only know that because a, a million years ago, I used to work in radio. Mm-hmm. And there was a day when my wife was helping me with my show. And we were doing this bit where we would play a song that was popular but sampled an old song and so we would play oh. both of them together so it was like ice cubes it was a good day and then kind of like the doobie brothers song that that was sampled from so it was like that's like next we, and, level like <laughs> music and so she really she really Analysis. liked the the little like weird that yeah. plays in the background of this and so we we played we played the tom tom club song and she thought that was as fascinating that um, yeah you that know i've heard that song that before when i'm like out dancing and like the funny it's so funny to see the reaction because people think it's gonna be fantasy <laughs> yeah but no it's not it's, but then it's not totally and it's yeah, still yeah. good it's just yeah it's a different vibe for sure but yeah no i Would didn't you- do it on purpose but <laughs> oh okay did you did you read mariah carey's memoir no okay. i've never i have never delved too deeply into mariah carey as a person i'm just fine listening to her um just listening to her hits <laughs> and then sometimes i'll listen to the stuff that's not her hits like the the b-sides of her albums and i'm like yeah this is still good like um but i will admit there's a giant gaping hole between like some time like there's between like the emancipation of Mimi and then like up until she had a new album come out like a few years ago and I listened to it but I wasn't like really big on it and so there's a giant gaping hole between then and there where I've maybe listened to like obsessed or touch my body but that's it and like I didn't listen to any of our other any of the other stuff that she had um did she put out she put out a rarities collection a couple of years ago and she I think the last new album she put out was called Caution mm-hmm. from 2018 and I haven't heard any of that. Yeah, me, I am Mariah, the elusive Shantu <laughs> was the one from 2014. Um I love And she's her. like the she's the queen of Christmas. Yeah. Uh, Memoirs of an Imperfect Angel was another one. Uh I mean, but she's got like Emancipation of Mimi has um, We Belong Together on it, yes. which is like an all-time amazing tune. I wanted to pick like a song from that album, but then I was like, no, I have to pick an old one. I don't know why in my brain, I just felt it. And then, um, yeah, that album though slaps. I had it on CD when I was in middle school. I was obsessed. And then I also had a karaoke machine that I got one year for Christmas, and I would always sing her songs on it. Yeah. 
So the last one that you picked here is Talking Heads. This must be the place, which is like night and day different from anything uh, else that totally. you put on put on the list. So of all the songs that you had picked, I was interested in hearing how this one ended up on here because it's so different and it's of a different time completely. Yeah. So that one, I picked it because I all like, first of all, I love that song and I, like I come on in the grocery store and I'm like bopping to it. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the first time I ever heard that song, I was in, I was in like 11th grade or something. I don't remember. It was like in high school. And I was, I said something, I don't remember what I said, but I only heard that one song and I said, oh yeah, blah, blah, blah. And someone asked me, uh, what music I like? And I said the talking heads and my stepdad turned and he's like, you don't listen to the talking heads. <laughs> and I was like, I could, I don't know. I like that one song. <laughs> and so I've just really liked that song for a long time. But my mom was, she was born in the seventies and she was a teenager in the eighties. So I was going to say, well, I was going to ask if like, if, if your parents were like into contemporary popular music of the time, mm-hmm. were they fans of Talking Heads like during their run in my the mom, 80s? My mom listens to everything. So like she literally knows and she knows everything. I don't know how she does, but my mom uh, grew up in the 80s. She was a teenager and she lived in, she lived on the reservation and she was obsessed with music and photography. Like those are her two things that she liked. So she was really big. She was a really big Prince fan and a really big Guns N' Roses fan. Oh, wow. <laughs> and okay. a really big. Yeah, exactly. And she uh, she was a really big fan of The Cure. Sure. And so my mom, she's been all over the place. She's like secretly goth. Like nobody would know my mom <laughs> is like actually kind of goth. And so, um, yeah, so she would like to do anything like her town like they were gonna play purple rain in Bemidji and I guess there was a giant boycott there was a giant like protest for them to not play it because they thought it was too sexual and so my mom had to get in a car with her friends and her siblings and drive to Fargo to see purple rain in theaters (laughs) and so my mom's like devoted like to music and pop culture she and like that's probably why I am the way I am I guess but uh she, yeah she didn't listen to the talking heads but she got me into the 80s when I was in high school I was like a scene kid and she was like scene kids are just knocking off the 80s and I was like whatever she's like yeah the big <laughs> hair and like the neon and like the zebra print and the leopard print and like she was like you guys are just doing the 80s but doing it worse than the 80s in it and it looks so bad and I was like yeah yeah whatever because I thought the 80s was kind of ugly but I used to, we would watch together the show on VH1, I Love the 80s. Oh, yeah, those were great. Those oh. shows where it was just, like, breaking down it was my a decade, like, year by year. on that show, yeah. but for this era, like, for the I Heart, the 2010s, I wanted to be on it. I was convinced that I was going to be on it someday. <laughs>
uh, my stepdad would kind of like poke fun at her because my stepdad is very, he's very much a dad guy. Like when he was growing up, he was into like Led Zeppelin and like Pink Floyd and stuff like that. That is, those those are dad bands. Those pure dad bands. And like, I was like, I want to learn how to play the guitar when I was in middle school. And he only taught me how to play Smoke on the Water. And I was like, okay, I don't want to <laughs> play this song. Um, I want to play Green Day. Like, and he was like, you don't know Green Day. And I did. I knew Green Day, but I knew American Idiot. Not like, I didn't like know, no Green Day, I guess. But my parents are very much like, they know like so much about music somehow, but my mom was really into the eighties cause she was a teenager then. So she could tell me anything. She'd be like, Oh yeah, this artist, they were really popular. That artist. And my stepdad would be like, your mom was into weird. You don't listen to your mom about the eighties. And they'd be like, why? He'd be like, she's, she was into weird stuff. Like the cure and stuff. <laughs> like, and he thought it was weird. So I'm like, well, I mean, I'm seeing it in hindsight. Like I'm seeing post eighties life. Like I was born yeah. not in the eighties. So to me, I'm like, oh, I love The Cure and I like and I love The Talking Heads and I like, I don't know, Prince and whatever else. I will say, though, I'm not like super into George Michael and I like Madonna and I don't know, like there's some stuff that's just missing with me. Like I'm not really into like the 99 balloon, red balloons thing and like stuff like that. But I'd still go to in my 20s, I would go to the Dance Night Transmission. Mm hmm. And it's like all like 70s, 80s and 90s and then like indie music kind of. And I'd hear a lot of songs and I'd be like, I only know this song because I watched I Love the 80s and because of my mom. Like, you know, like my mom just knows everything and would tell me everything. But the Talking Heads, I found on my own. And then my parents told me I didn't know anything about the Talking Heads. I'm like, well, I don't. But I really like the lyrics to it, I guess. And I think it's a really fun song. And I feel like... uh. For some reason, I never knew this song through my parents. I feel like I just knew it. Like one day I just knew the song. Like I heard it at like a store or I watched a music or I watched a video and it had it in it or something, you know, because I don't know how yeah. the internet was weird like 10 plus years ago. Like it was. And I don't know how else to describe it. We made it. We made it through all 10 of your tunes. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there anything else we didn't get to that you want to talk about or are we? Did we uh, cover all the bases? No. I feel like I'm I'm not really good at talking specifically about <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty horrible at talking. That's why I'm usually writing it. So it takes a little longer for me to like think it. <laughs> um so, I can't think I can't thank you enough for um I mean putting together such a diverse list and having like i mean all of these are have very specific stories and memories connected to them so I, like, i'm just thank you for having such a like thoughtful tales yeah, and oh information God. to share with everything so I like i'm um i could just ramble all day about like random songs <laughs> and what they like mean to me but i when i first was like yeah i'll, I'll do it i came up with this list based just on like the top the songs that like my last fm told me were my top songs and then I sifted through it and went, ah, oh, not that one. Like, no, not that one. Because they're all just, like, songs that I listen to when I'm, like, driving to work or something. <laughs> and when I got to the end of this list, I was like, I'll add in some other songs, like Salt and Pepper, some songs in here that are, like, fun, that I think people should listen to. And then um, I was like, oh, wait, I, I listened to your podcast then. And I was, like, listening to other people's episodes trying to prepare. And I'm like, yeah. man, like, they all have, like, 
really deep meanings why they like these songs it's like oh I like this song because it was the transition from this era of my life to this one I'm like I'm not like that like that's not how my brain like works at all like I'm I'm the same person that I was probably five years ago except for um brain not stupid anymore it's it's fully developed and so now I'm able to like look back and like actually have hindsight on life and I feel like that's why like I know what songs matter and which ones don't I'm like okay the song is important to me because it's it was like me becoming less emo and becoming more indie or something but like yeah I don't know and cool I just now finally get it I don't know (laughs) you get what I mean yeah I do it's just finally I get why I like these songs but not it's not that deep I guess (laughs) no I mean it's good like you have like this was all very like it's very informational and it's like compelling and connected back to memories and like times in your life and so I dig it not everyone who can cut not everyone needs to come on the show and be like let me tell you about my let me unpack my family tragedy or whatever it's just like because there's a lot of that and that's okay it's a safe space for yeah, that but it's very... also like i don't i don't expect that from every guest i just like if you can talk music and why you like it you got a little story behind it that's all i need <laughs> so this this was good okay well thank you for having me on i'm glad that it of was course. i hope it was entertaining at the very least <laughs> please cut out um, all of my fillers so if you hear me say you know what i mean just cut it off All right, thank you once again to Cody for stopping by and chatting with me and explaining to someone like me what BTS is. If you're interested in reading her blog, it is therollercodester.com. You may find her on social media. On Instagram, she is therollercodester. And on Twitter, she is Cody Adventures. That is going to do it for today's episode of the Anhedonic Headphones podcast. Now it is time for the fine print. This is, of course, the show that is the audio extension of the music analysis and criticism website, anhedonicheadphones.blogspot.com. I am still your boy, Kevin Krein, a.k.a. Kevy Fly, a.k.a. the reason that your favorite podcast is no longer your favorite. If you like what you hear, if you're not sure if you like what you hear, or if you are absolutely certain that you do not like what you hear, I don't care. Uh, Please give it a, a rating, a nice rating. Like, follow, all the things that you do to interact with podcasts in all the places that podcasts are available, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the iHeartRadio app. Thank you again for listening. I appreciate it. If you're interested in following me or learning more about me, you can find me online. I am very easy to find. I am at KeviFly on both Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, which will be the season finale for season eight. So get ready. But I hope that this found you as well as you can be doing Please remember to keep washing your hands, keep wearing a mask, keep wearing two masks if you can. Please remember that black lives still matter and adopt, don't shop.